Hello, and welcome to the Lisa Congdon Sessions, a podcast for creative folks about living and working with more intention, curiosity, and joy. I'm your host, Lisa Congdon. Lisa here. I just want to thank you for supporting my podcast and being a loyal listener. I am so grateful to you. To show my gratitude, I am now offering 15% off at my online store. Visit me at lisacongdon.com to shop colorful archival art prints, stationery, desk accessories, home goods, and more, all at 15% off with code PODCAST15 at checkout. That's right. Get 15% off of all of our products at lisacongdon.com with code PODCAST15 at checkout. Link to the shop in the show notes. Hello, friends, and welcome to my final episode of 2022. I have been doing a lot of reflecting on some very important lessons I've learned this year. And as a way to close out the year, I thought I'd dedicate a monologue episode to talking about them. Before I start, I just want to say there are a few things going on around me, which might cause some background noise that Gabe, my amazing editor, might not be able to edit out. They're pouring concrete across the street and my dog Milkshake might bark. I mean, who knows what else could happen? But you know, as a tribute to the messiness that is real life when you do not have a recording studio, let's, let's do this. So as many of you know, for the past seven years, I have been working concertedly on disentangling myself from the hustle and the ensuing stress, stress that has impacted both my mental and physical health. And while I have made a lot of progress incrementally over the years, I've had a really hard time not working all of the time on all of the opportunities that have come my way, even when I told myself I wouldn't, and even on things that sparked zero joy for me. But this year, I have turned a significant corner on that journey, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. I've begun to unbraid myself from my relationship to work and everything that is bound up in it, my notion of what it means to be successful, my relationship with money and with productivity, my identity as an artist, my fear of missing out and my sense of responsibility to others. I'm sure there are other things that I'm missing there, but those are some significant things that are sort of bound up in my relationship to work. And I've been trying to parse out what those things are that I figured out this year. It's really actually been in the last quarter of this year that I've made some significant changes that have helped me to turn that corner. Years of searching have have led me to where I am now. And so there is nothing special about 2022 as a year, except that it was in this year that I experienced the biggest shift. This year started out like any other, which is to say full of activity and constant overwhelm, a full work plate in January, recovery from a serious bike crash, a studio build out project selling and buying a new house, moving, my partner going to a new, much more intense job with twice as much responsibility, flailing bike training for several bike races, dropping out of several bike races because I wasn't ready, lots of tears, a bad case of COVID, travel to and from France, and finally full-blown menopause, which in and of itself is difficult with all of its various symptoms and bodily changes, including how I'm able to respond to stress. So by September, 
My body was pulsing with cortisol. I wasn't sleeping. My athletic performance was significantly diminished. And my gut was a mess. I was super depressed and anxious. The good news is all of these events led me to where I am today. And I have begun to refer to the corner that I have turned in the past few months as Lisa 2.0. As I will explain, it was being so sick with COVID that actually guided me to dive deeply into my mental and physical health. I was so sort of freaked out by how sick I felt, which I'll talk a little bit more about in a minute. And it may sound odd, but I'm so grateful for not feeling well and for things sort of like culminating in exhaustion, both because of COVID and overwork and stress, because those things have led me to the path I'm on today having turned that corner after years of trying to work on this. So my goal here is not to evangelize for any particular mindset or practice as a universal fix for what might be ailing you, but simply to share my own experience, because I know lots of you have written to me and have been wondering. So if it's interesting or helpful, I hope that you get something out of this. My experience is just that, my experience and my luck with these changes in the combination that I've made them is maybe perhaps just luck. To be clear, my life is a work in progress and I have made lots of progress recently, but I'm not living in some state of constant bliss. I still experience disappointment and anxiety and all the human emotions. I'm just dealing with those things differently and experiencing more calm than I have in living memory. So that's really what I'm going to dive into today. The overarching concept I'm going to talk about is this notion of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. The most important thing I have begun to actually practice is sitting with discomfort, just being with whatever feelings are going on in my body. I've talked about sitting with discomfort for a long time and have understood intellectually why getting comfortable being uncomfortable is so important, but I have not always until recently been so good at practicing it. We're often aware of things we understand are a path forward but they feel too complicated or overwhelming to actually practice. If inner peace were that easy, the world would not experience as much division and strife and anger as it does. When I examine my relationship to work, so much of what I see has to do with worth and fear. So who am I without my work, otherwise known as my sense of worth that is wrapped up in my career? And the fear of what will happen to me if I don't say yes to this or that opportunity. And these are the opportunities that keep me in the grind, that keep me in the hustle, that keep me stressed out. And I'm going to refer to these things as shiny objects. Fear of losing or missing out or not making enough money, all of those things are uncomfortable. And those are things that I've been dealing with since especially since my career started to take off in the last decade. And if I change my way of being, that is to slow down, take more time to be present, to follow joy over accomplishment or making money, then I'm going to be uncomfortable. At times, I'm going to be deeply uncomfortable. And there is no way around discomfort in this context, only through. So I've started really practicing being uncomfortable, not trying to escape the discomfort, by numbing myself with this or that, and also not saying yes to the shiny object, even when I know that saying yes to the shiny object, or maybe even the shiny object itself, 
is going to be miserable or stressful or hard or stripping my life of joy. And let's face it, I get prestigious projects and a lot of work as an illustrator, but any kind of work, and this has nothing to do with the work itself. Like most of the projects that come my way are incredible opportunities and beautiful projects with beautiful people, amazing organizations and companies. But when you are working too much, when too much of your energy is focused on work, I mean, I don't know one person who's able to work like a dog and not be miserable, especially over an extended period of years. So I learned that when you sit with discomfort, it does not kill you. It's sometimes hard to breathe or breathe deeply or relax your shoulders or not feel like one million ants are crawling inside of you. But I have learned that it will not kill you. And I've also learned that those feelings, and they are just feelings, eventually pass. So as I mentioned earlier, in early July, I contracted COVID after going to a big illustration conference. I had also, previous to that, just finished a really grueling five-day endurance bike race. So my immune system was pretty compromised when I got COVID. And I think I got the new variant right when it was brand new. So I hadn't had any boosters or anything. I was very sick for several weeks. And even once I tested negative, I was exhausted for several more weeks. I was very nervous that I had long COVID. I'm normally a very high energy person. So this was extremely distressing and difficult for me. I wanted to get back on my bike, but I was so tired all the time. I also have arthritis, particularly in my knees, and it became substantially worse, painful, swollen, etc. So the first thing I did was to cut out foods that were inflammatory. And the second thing I did in an effort to feel better was that I stopped drinking alcohol because I know and I have known, you know, for years that it's extremely inflammatory. So eventually, after doing these two things, I began to feel better. So like changing my diet really helped make me feel better. In the meantime, after giving up alcohol, I slowly began to experience a feeling of inner calm that I had never felt before. So a little bit on my sort of drinking story. I was not a person who ever had more than two or three drinks in one night. I was not somebody who, you know, would get blackout drunk. I actually never really liked the feeling of being drunk. I liked the feeling of being buzzed. So I did drink often, however, two to three glasses of wine daily with dinner. I loved wine. I lived for wine after work. I used to joke that I could never not drink because wine was such a significant part of my life and even my identity and my ability to enjoy myself. But there I was, and here I am not drinking, and at times feeling even a sense of euphoria in my soberness. So I never intended to stop drinking, but it is the best thing that has happened in my life in a very, very long time. And I'll tell you what not drinking has given to me. It's given me the opportunity and the discipline to sit with discomfort. I mean, really sit with discomfort and pain for the first time in my adult life. And I am so grateful for this because when I truly sit with discomfort without trying to numb it or buffer it, it loses its grip on me and it passes. And then there is this feeling of calm that is undescribable, which I would say is kind of with me for the most part right now. I would say my generalized anxiety has decreased about 80% since I quit drinking. Now, every now and again, something hard happens. For example, last night I got some news that was bad news and I was super disappointed. I'm reeling from it still, but I'm sitting with it. And so I'm so grateful that I got this from having COVID. 
okay, let's talk a little bit of, you know, not drinking is a discipline in and of itself. So let's talk more about discipline. I've always known that I'm a person who thrives on routine and a sense of simplicity in my life. I get up at 5.30, I eat the same breakfast, go do the intense workout that has been prescribed by my cycling coach, aka ride my bike and do a specific thing, lift heavy weights, then drink a protein shake, take a shower, get dressed, begin my workday, eat lunch, do more work, eat an apple at 2.30, work some more, end my workday at 5, drive or ride my bike home, make dinner, do an evening activity, drink some tea, read a book, go to bed. But I did not know until now that this routine, this discipline to train on my bike, to eat healthy food, to work on things I love, to drink the same exact tea every night, to go to bed at a certain time every night, you know, on the early side, is essential to my sense of inner peace. That discipline, and by discipline, I do not mean self-flagellation or punishment. I mean calm and consistent routine of self-care and contribution is my inner peace. For me, discipline in the name of self-care and self-love is the path to inner peace. And this is something that I figured out. I am a person who also used to feel like I had to do all the things and be all the things to all the people. I think many of you can relate to this, especially women out there. I have begun to realize over the past few years that is not possible. And attempting to be all things to all people is damaging to me, to them, to my relationships, and that it ultimately leads to misery. I was telling my cycling coach, Serena, the other day that I used to describe the feeling of trying to be all things to all people and do all the things as being trapped in a sardine can, squeezed and unable to move. And also like being on a hamster wheel, right? Unable to jump off. It's like, I was addicted to doing all the things and being all the things to all the people. This is, you know, not necessarily my fault. It's just sort of how I've come to live my life, but it's what I learned in this capitalist patriarchal world of self-importance, right? Everything depends on me and my ability to show up. And that in not being all the things to all the people, I worry I might hurt someone's feelings. I might disappoint someone. Someone might think I'm a flake or that I don't care. These are simple things, but like they're huge fears of mine. And so to practice knowing and acting in a way that reflects my own understanding that I cannot and should not be all things to all people can be and is very uncomfortable. It's what most women learn about how we show up in the world. And so Saying no, having boundaries around our time, not imagining that we should, you know, keep in touch with every single person in the world who's ever expressed an interest in being friends with us, those kinds of things. Very, very uncomfortable for us. But then once you get past the feeling of discomfort, if you're able to be with it and feel it and understand that it's just a feeling and letting it go is actually extremely liberating. Just a few weeks ago, I said no to a dream job. If I told you what this job was, which I cannot, your mind would be blown. My mind was blown when I was first approached by it. It was crazy. And I said no because it was a big job with lots of responsibility. And in the end, the timing was not right. I had committed to something else, which was taking a sabbatical in the first part of 2023 to make personal work and travel to Japan and train on my bike for upcoming bike races. 
also to rest, to explore my own creativity, to live in a way that wasn't a constant cortisol-induced hustle. I have been thinking about and dreaming about doing that for several years. And every single time I plan something like a sabbatical or working less, the shiny object always shows up and I always say yes to it. And then that never happens. The rest and relaxation never happens. The old me, Lisa 1.0, would have said yes to this job, even if I had already committed to and dreamed about a sabbatical, and then I would have worked myself into the ground on this job and not enjoyed a sabbatical, and I would have been miserable and filled with regret. Now, I'm not disparaging this job. It's an amazing opportunity. It is prestigious. I would love to do it another time if the timing worked out, 100%. But it was not the right time for me, and I could see the writing on the wall. My gut told me, if I take this job, I'm going to be stressed out and I'm not going to enjoy my much needed, much needed being the operative word here. I've needed to do this for a long time. I'm not going to be able to enjoy my much needed sabbatical and period of rest and creativity, which I have always dreamed of, but never allowed myself to take. So I said no. And saying no was very uncomfortable. And when I think about it right now, I still get uncomfortable. And yet, I am simultaneously proud of myself for acting in alignment with what I really need and want. That gut feeling that I got and that we all get when we know we're entering into something precarious, I saw it, but I never listened to it before. Or I should say I rarely listened to it. I just wanted the shiny object, even if my gut knew that getting the shiny object would cause me stress or unhappiness. So I'm listening to my gut now. I'm trusting that if I listen and act accordingly, that I will be okay and that everything will work out and I can still pay my employees and bring home a paycheck, that I do not need or even want all the shiny objects, that not everything is my responsibility, that saying no to one thing is saying yes to another, meaning if I say no to the shiny object, I'm saying yes to peace that working all the time or trying to be friends with everyone or show up at all the events is not healthy or realistic or in service of joy. I'm learning to name and really adhere to for the first time in my 55 years what I do and don't like and to make choices in my life that are in service of and in alignment with what I know brings me joy and satisfaction and what things are truly aligned with my convictions and goals and passions. And sometimes that there are opportunities and friends and exciting, shiny objects that are aligned with my convictions and goals and passions. And I still need to say no because it's not the right time and because life is messy and uncomfortable and short and precious and not all about work or chasing shiny objects. Thank you for listening, friends. I hope this has been helpful and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be patient with yourself and your own journey. Keep going. You will turn corners. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Editing of this podcast by the amazing Gabe Garber. Thanks to Nick Lambert for the original music and to my amazing team at the CoLoop Podcast Network. Please subscribe to the Lisa Congdon Sessions on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy what you hear, leave me a review. You can follow me on social media at Lisa Congdon and at the Lisa Congdon Sessions. I hope you'll join me for future episodes. Have a magical day, everyone.